1: It's I'm, been that, it's been a whole five days since we last. It's been five on days. It's been more. It's been seven days.
0: Well, it depends. Damn. Yeah, I know, right? I mean, I've clearly been counting. You <laughs> you, you don't seem to have cared. I've been laying in bed at night, waiting for the next <laughs> opportunity to pod. Um, yeah, it's good. We're getting off. We're getting a bit of a late start tonight. If any, if you hear any yawns or uh, bleary <laughs> eyes. Uh, in the voice but it's only because we've been working our our darn tails off to bring you um, a fantastic episode a new Um, episode of The The Future Future is Out
1: ow ow Uh,
0: that's right folks it's this podcast it's the podcast that we have called The Future is Out The Future is Out which is a podcast by the way about um, you know the future which has quickly uh, come upon us and which is in many ways um, sort of painful Um, but also, you know, like pain affords us a lot of opportunities to grow and build character
1: and plenty of commentary
0: and plenty of commentary, plenty of room for takes. So, uh, with that in mind, uh,
1: today we have, we have a rich
0: show, a full, a full slate for you guys. Um, we're going to do some quick hits, um, about the future of robots and, uh, and automobiles and the way that those things may combine to, uh, take you places or run you over in the near future um and then we're going to talk a little bit about you know the the concept of celebrity um through the lens of you know america's erstwhile favorite pop star britney spears who's been in the news a bit lately and for that reason we do have a very special guest um to come on and dish with us but before we get to that uh yeah, let's talk about those, let's, let's do those quick hits. Yeah,
1: so Jonah, you were um, you were telling me about um, some recent Apple car news, or maybe it is like not actually news, I feel like there's like um, some back and forth going on, can you tell me what's going on?
0: Is it news, is it not news, will it will it blend, as <laughs> <laughs> has blend? This been famously is asked in the past, uh, yeah so okay, so you know, on this podcast we talk a lot about tech companies and the way that they're being bad. Being naughty, um, and uh, you know, jockeying to uh, to dominate our lives. Uh, in 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 that vein, um, there was a report today, or a couple days ago, actually, now in the Financial Times, um, about Apple having approached car maker Nissan um, as a potential partner in their efforts to get into the electric car game. Um, but they were apparently rebuffed. So I think, as I understand it, Apple, or Nissan, Apple approached Nissan and was saying, like, hey, how about this? How does this sound to you guys? You will make cars like you tend to do and are, are doing now, and we will just make them Apple-branded and do, like, Apple software, put iTunes on them, and then sell them. What do you think about that? Yeah. And they were like, uh, no, that sounds shitty to us. Yeah,
1: it's funny because, like, yeah, I mean, the – yeah, it's funny because, like, the um the whole Apple Car saga is, like, it's something that's been, like, going on since, like, I feel like, Jonah, you and I were in high school. There's been people, like, talking about, like, potentially an Apple Car happening, but it just hasn't worked for many different reasons. And, like, yeah, there is definitely, like, some part of it where it's, like, you know, Apple wants to just, like, do the for what it's worth it's like apple was like making a self-driving car that's the idea of it like right now they've been testing like their technology like in california for the last like three years of like everyone's doing that though and it's like we were supposed to have them by now like yeah. i grew up
0: in pittsburgh or like i'm from pittsburgh and you know it was like the the hub of um do you want to pause cause it's not too, yeah i know everyone's like worriedly <laughs> looking at that like Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, everyone is doing the fucking self-driving cars. Like, in Pittsburgh, right? And from, I, Uber had, like, a campus, and they were whizzing around fucking Carnegie and the north side with their self-driving cars and the promise that they were going to be on the road before long. I remember I even got picked up in an Uber because I was going, when I was, like, home from school, going to, like, watch a Penguins game at a bar or something uh, with some my high school acquaintances. And I got picked up, and it had, like, a fucking turret on the top. And the dude, (laughs) and it's, like, it's a self-driving Uber, but there's, like, a guy in the... There's two people. There's a guy in the front driver's seat and a guy in the passenger seat with a notepad or, like, a clipboard. Right. I'm like, okay, so now there's, like, two Uber drivers, but this is, of course, self-driving. Yeah. So my... Which is all to say, you know, I feel like the technology is not quite as close as it's being made out to be. Yeah. Um... Well, and clearly, I mean, well, to, to 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 go back to circle back to the Apple thing, I mean, it's like seems like they're having trouble finding a dance partner in this little endeavor. Yeah, I mean, what what I mean, what do you why do you think of that is? It well, seems like there's money to be made. Yeah,
1: I mean, there's I think there's a couple things going on where it's like you're right that like the this the driving the self driving car is quickly becoming like of our generation like the flying car of our generation. <laughs> yeah, literally, like, it is. You know, <laughs> people have been looking for flying cars since like the fucking since there were cars, right? But it's like really hard to do. And I think with self driving cars. For what it's worth, it's like I think it. It everything is showing that it probably is going to happen, but it, it really has been a matter of like having enough like internet connectivity and stuff like that. So we'll see. We'll see. But like with Apple, like like we were saying before, it's like Nissan doesn't necessarily want to work with them, and Hyundai was also and Kia were also like looking to make a partnership, but it fell through for different reasons. Basically, like. It seems like it is a given that Apple's going to get in the car game at some point because, like, for them... Yeah,
0: they're certainly trying.
1: Well, for them, it's like, you're Apple, right? And it's, like, smartphone sales are, like, going down. They're And, yeah. like, they're looking for more ways to, like, make a business. And it's, like, what's... If you're, like, the big tech dude, right? And, like, you're all about maximizing efficiency, what's, like, one big area of most people's lives where you're not gathering data about them? When you're in the car, and it's like that's a great way for them. Someone I knew wrote something about this recently, where it's like Apple doing a car is essentially them creating the next new screen. Which is that like the time that you're in a car is time for them to be able to collect information and learn about you. And like, whenever <laughs> they, they do decide learn to about do it, you. babe, we just want to listen it. to you.
0: <laughs> we just want to know what you're up to when you're in the car. It's
1: yeah. Fu- yeah. I mean, it's funny because like Apple is like of those companies. I feel like they've earned this reputation of like the less fucked one. Which is probably because they're
0: quieter. Like I feel like they just yeah. sort of are, like stay in their lane and like do the iPhone, and they're like, "Yo, we're, we're chill. Yeah. yeah, we're the chill GF."
1: <laughs> but dude, they're like quickly uh, no like longer going to be doing just the iPhone. Um, yeah. Well,
0: okay, let me do a quick hit from this article real quick because. Sure. Just about the specifics of like how these deals are failing to materialize. This is from the Financial Times. One person with knowledge of the discussion said talks faltered after the U.S. company, that's Apple, asked that Nissan make Apple-branded cars, a demand that would effectively downgrade the automaker to a hardware supplier. Many car makers have expressed a fear of becoming, quote, the Foxconn of the auto industry, a reference to the Taiwanese manufacturing group that assembles iPhones. Apple declined to comment. Uh, end quote. So. I think that's, like, part of the thing is, like, a lot of these car companies, like, the auto industry is very competitive. It's very prestige and, like, brand-focused because, like, at the end of the day, for most people, like, what's a fucking Kia to a Hyundai to a Subaru? It's, like, what you think about it, how it makes you feel. And, like, I don't know. If one – if Hyundai just becomes, like – or Nissan becomes, like, yeah, like the – like the hardware manufacturer of Apple, you're like, oh, they're like, that's gross. I don't Uh, want that.
1: I agree. I mean, I think the one (laughs) thing that's like, where it remains to be seen is that like, there is, it is just like a reality now that like, whether it's Volkswagen, which is like the largest car manufacturer or like Toyota, everybody is like, everyone is trying to make their own driverless car. And I feel like there's like, there's two real big schools of thought of it, which is that like, some of them are trying to make the technology themselves which is like Volkswagen is trying to do that. But then a lot of others are like trying to partner with like Amazon or like Google or Apple because they have more experience with this. And like it's yet to be determined which one of those philosophies is going to win out. And so I think that's why like the Apple car thing – like compared to like Waymo and like all these other companies that are, like actually doing driverless cars, Apple gets a lot of attention. <laughs> yeah, I don't even I, know
0: what Waymo is. I've never heard of it. Waymo
1: is like the Google driverless car that's been like testing a, a bunch in California. Boring. Yeah, it's like a big. It looks like a fucking pimple kind of, but it just drives around and yeah, like it. Sucks. You can't. I want an Apple car. Yeah, would would you get an Apple car? No. Nice. What if it, it? So if an Apple car was like, I will never buy. If it was car. like 30000 but like a like the the cheap Tesla. It, like, I would never cool. buy a fucking Tesla. Wild? They look like shit. The fact that they don't have a front grill <laughs>
0: is so gross. They look like a fucking gaming mouse. It's awful. They look like shit. And then they're just like <laughs> spattered with bugs and grit. They don't have a grill because they don't have an engine. It looks terrible. They should put a fake grill on the front. Yo, but
1: Jonah, come on. You can play cyberpunk on a Tesla. Yeah, does, that not, does that not do it mm, for yeah. you?
0: You know, I'm, I'd re- I, You know, my drive. when I'm driving, that's a sacred time for me to cruise the roads and text and look at my phone. And go through my camera roll, <laughs> and change the radio, and dig around for things in the back seat. That's not a time for gaming. Yeah, you know, well, it's a it's a sacred right and privilege. We'll see.
1: We'll see if Apple's able to convert. We'll, we'll see you. what
0: happens. Speaking of uh, you know, gaming and uh, uh, being distracted. Another quick hit. Um, I've got an article here um about the future of VR mm. and what our favorite billionaires in uh, Silicon Valley. You know, have in store for us as far as that is concerned. Okay, so here's a headline from Wired. Billionaires see VR as a way to avoid radical social change. We love avoiding radical social change. Kick don't that we?
1: change under the rug.
0: We don't want that. Please, please, no. No, thank you. Um, uh, so here's a quote from the Wired article um, that contains within it a quote from um, the co creator and former CTO of Oculus. Mm. Uh, so here we go. Tech billionaires aren't shy about sharing this, that is, you know, their perspective on VR. This is the quote. Some people read this the wrong way and react incorrectly to it. The promise of VR is to make the world you want It, it is not possible on Earth to give everyone all that they would want. Not everyone can have Richard Branson's private island, Doom co-creator and former CTO of Oculus John Carmack told Joe Rogan in a 2020 interview. People react negatively to any talk of economics, but it is resource allocation. You have to make decisions about where things go. Economically, you can deliver a lot more value to a lot more people in the virtual sense. Yeah. Dude, it's so got Yo, look, look. Are you bummed like you're not getting health care, like you don't have enough money? It's like, baby, It's chill you're going to give you virtual healthcare, <laughs> Like it, everything's going to be good in <laughs> in VR. Dude, it's so funny because that. it's like, I feel like it's so <laughs> just animized the
1: to the Silicon Valley philosophy where it's like, they, it's like, you're almost there. Like, you know, like, you know what the problem is, which is like, he's talking about resource allocation. but then it's like the solution is like a bit of an NASA trip, right? Where it's like, instead of doing that, well, it's just like, instead of
0: fixing anything, what if we just like made it free in a fake right. uh, yeah literally the matrix speaking of the matrix there was another uh, another luminary of silicon valley uh, chimed in with his two cents um in the same article which is Gabe Newell who is the steam guy right um I love so steam. like of steam yeah we love steam i mean gaben as he's affectionately known by you know the gamers of uh the steam legions uh is like pretty horny for having ver- like uh, the matrix and like virtual, uh, just life where we can all be like pimps and studs and like six foot six and jacked. Um, here's a quote. We're way closer to the matrix than people realize. Newell told IGN in 2020. Um, here's another quote from Gabe. You're used to experiencing the world through eyes, but eyes were created by this low-cost bidder that didn't care about failure rates and RMAs, and if it got broken, there was no way to repair anything effectively, which totally makes sense from an evolutionary perspective, but is not at all reflective of consumer preferences, Valve founder Gabe Newell yeah. said. So basically, they're like, guys, like the human body, flesh, living life in the physical world, feeling the grass on your toes, hearing a child's laughter, that shit sucks. <laughs> that wasn't market tested. How many focus groups did that go through? We're gonna sort you out in the uh, Oculus Rift uh, while we're sucking your organs out of and turning them into protein goo.
1: Yeah, it, it's clearly it's clearly fucked up. But I feel like Gen- <laughs> I, Gen- I feel like I'm like of two minds of this though, where it's like, yeah, that's it, if that is like the rationale for that, it's horrible. But at the same time, as someone who like. As one of my favorite pastimes is like to just get sucked into these worlds of like Red Dead Redemption shit to like make me feel like I'm not living my just like fucking horrible fucking life of standing next to a screen. I know that that's not a good guiding philosophy, but I appreciate that it exists. You know, what right? I mean? But there's a difference like, between
0: like having escapism in entertainment and media and then like literally being like, hey, instead of making things better for people in like the most basic sense, what if it was just better for them in a video game right. instead? Like, cause that's basically what's being what's being offered up here. Right. It's like, let me read you one last thing from this Wired article, and uh, just and we'll close it out. But this is Carmack again, the uh, the Oculus Rift guy, and the Doom creator, and the co creator of Doom. So this guy, I, I want to believe anything he wants. to He's a to great tell me. game, though. You Doom know. rocks, yeah, absolutely. legendary. Um, so he's talk- he he was referencing this the meme. There's like a meme of like we've all probably seen something similar of like the kid he's like plugged into he has an Oculus like a headset on a VR headset and he's just like you know there's rainbows and everything but meanwhile he's just like emaciated and right. covered in garbage and like his roof is collapsing on him um, and this is what Carmack had to say um, he asked is he really better off if he takes the goggles off and he's in this horrible place and it's like um, maybe not but like Should we be suggesting that you just pretend that shit isn't bad and like fully enter the matrix? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's maybe if we were already there, but it's a little concerning that the people who are like calling the shots to the largest degree in our society, which is Silicon Valley, maybe after a few other critical centers of power, like Wall Street or or wherever else, um, are like, listen, this whole like thing's getting better. Yeah. We might have to talk about that. Oh, it's a good, is a good what point. If, yeah. What if, what like, if, hear me out. I mean, You yeah. just watch TV and shit was cool on TV.
1: It is like a very much like that's the thing, right? Is it like you, if you're, if you're coming from a place of like, there is a point to changing things and like, this seems like bullshit. But if you buy into that narrative, which is like pretty much we're done. And like, you got to make the best of the situation. Then it takes on another lens. Before we move on, I did want to ask <laughs> you like. Fully black Yeah. yeah. I, guess, I guess you're right, man. I had like a, when I was thinking about this, Jonah, and I was curious what you had to say. It was like. It seemed like there's a connection here between like the same people, like the Silicon Valley billionaire types, who are so who are very invested in this frame of thinking, are the same type of people who, like, for example, want to go to Mars and want to like make like like n- no longer have like uh like society here is done for, and so they want to create it somewhere else. I feel like it, is there some sort of like common thread of like thinking there or like well, yeah, because
0: it's like dude, fucking Elon Musk and the rest of them and this Carmack fellow aren't going to be you know plugged into vr as their bodies rot away they're gonna be living it up in the flesh in this mortal (laughs) popping champagne and the the rest of us that's the thing with mars it's like you think we're all getting fucking business class to mars no we're not going anywhere we're all staying right here on mother earth you know even as it burns to a cinder so that's why it's like all this everyone should be skeptical about this like yo guys it's chill like we'll just like technology will save us like we'll go in vr blah 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 it's like, yeah, everything, this is a very two-tiered system. Right. I mean, nothing has changed since the days of Titanic. Like, there's steerage, and there's everyone else. And, like, yeah. if you're listening to this, you're steerage, baby. Yeah. Um, Elon
1: Musk <laughs> better, all I'm going to say is, like, he better fucking die on Mars. Like, with all this shit, it's like, he he's better be the game. one to, like, go At there and, and suffocate to death on Mars. Like, he yeah, better I mean, be there. us talked
0: a big game, but time to put your money where your mouth is. Um, all right, cool. So... Uh, those are the quick hits. That's a little bit of a, 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 a tour of the tech world. A little bit stands. of ouch. A little bit of ouch. A little bit of owie. A little boo-boo for you guys. But it's cool. We're going to talk about something a little different. We're going to switch it up. Um, and for that, um, well, I don't know if I actually already mentioned this, but the, the specific thing we're talking about is Britney Spears um, and why she is back in the news. And, you know, so, something we talk about on the show is like surveillance. Um, how Britney Spears was sort of like thrust into the public eye at a very young age and effectively destroyed, um, as a consequence of that. She's fame. the singer, right? Yes, Max. She's the <laughs> singer. <laughs> well, b- before we get too deep into it, I'm going to, you know, let's bring our guest on. So we have, uh, our good friend Agnes, um, on the pod today and she's going to, she's going to bring us up to speed in large part and, uh, dish a little, some insight on this topic. Um, Agnes, what's up?
2: Hello. How are you guys? <laughs> I'm we're Agnes. Do- we're
0: doing good. <laughs> um, and um, listener, you'll forgive us. We're working with two, just two microphones. Um, we're we're scraping together. We made a microphone out of a, an old Campbell soup can <laughs> and the <a> string <laughs> that we found on the street because uh, you know resources are scarce at the uh, the Futures Out Studios. But <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna do our best. Isn't that right, babe?
2: Oh, also, my last name is Bay. so if you hear <laughs> Mac or Jonah calling me Bay, that is precisely why I'm not dating neither of them. <laughs> <Just> fine young gentleman.
0: <laughs> I want to, I'm making it absolutely clear, <laughs> I am not dating. I'm not sexually
1: or romantically involved. Yeah, you don't have to feel too bad for us, it's okay.
0: Yeah, it's okay, <laughs> me and Mac, we have each other. Um, Alright, um, but yeah, okay, well thanks for, thanks for coming on, uh, Agnes.
2: Um, yeah, thank you for having me.
0: For sure. I mean, so we wanted to talk to you in part because I think neither of us, I mean, we were talking off mic before, like none of us are really Britney super fans, so to speak, but I think all of us sort of broadly are sympathetic to her um, and are, are have been watching with uh, various degrees of uh, apathy and maybe passive, uh, um, um, you know, uh, interest, interest, and uh, I don't know. I was trying to look for the word like pity. Pa- I don't know. I mean, this is a. But let's get into it because the question is like, um, Brittany's back in the news because her conservatorship, i.e., the fact that she's not her own, in control of her own personhood legally, has been sort of thrust back into the spotlight recently, um, and people are questioning it and questioning like. I think there's a large degree of like moral searching on the broad scale of like what have we done to this woman like we basically chewed her up and spit her out as a media product and like her mental health and interior life have suffered greatly as a consequence Um, and I think one of the things that it's interesting one of the ways in which it's interesting in the context of this show where we talk about the internet and, and surveillance and things like that is like how this sort of paradigm has changed in the modern day where like so much of surveillance and so much of our privacy that's gone is like us offering it up. Like we're, 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 we're killing it on the sacrificial altar because we want to be seen. And I think Hillary's like Hillary, fuck (laughs) Brittany. (laughs) Oh shoot. (laughs) Oh shoot. I don't know what you want to make of that. I've got (laughs) Hillary. Wow. I've got Hillary. Hillary brain. Yeah. Um, (laughs) <laughs> so much of that is Britney was like a, one of the earliest like sacrificial lambs, if you want to look at it that way, um, on this altar of like, of, yeah, certainly celebrity at the turn of the century or turn of the millennium. Um, I don't know. So, Bay, I want let me let me put it to you. So there's been a new documentary out. Um, well, well, you watched it, right?
2: I did watch it. And I guess I can we I... get
0: your quick. Yeah. What's your quick thoughts and review of the doc?
2: I thought the documentary was good. It was definitely insightful on a lot of maybe uh, the more legal um, aspects surrounding the case and also just talking to people who've been in her life since mm-hmm. the beginning. Um, but I would say, like, I, in particular, I was interested in talking about this with you guys because I am interested in this whole notion of celebrity, especially in America, celebrity, and how I think that has transformed and changed over the course of our lifetimes Um, and yeah like the three of us none none of us you know disclaimer are really huge Britney fans or know every you know in and out of her career like a lot of her true like diehard fans really do Um, but I think I just kind of gravitated towards this topic because of the mental health aspects I think that are really there Um, and yeah also just like I said the notion of celebrity and spectacle
1: before you guys go on real quick can I just ask um, so you mentioned that she's back in the news right now can you give a brief uh, synopsis of like what's been going on that brought her back into the news and why the internet is talking about her
0: yeah so correct me if I'm wrong babe but like basically there's been like a sort of like an Instagram movement um, for some, for the past couple years of, like, free Britney because I think it's come out that, like, she... I think people realize, like, she is not in control of her life. Like, I think she has limited access to her children. She's not in control of her finances, and she basically lives under the dominion of her father, who was sort of, like, the impresario of her show business career from the get-go. Um, and there's been some speculation that I don't really feel... I don't really know if I can comment on the veracity of it or not but like that she is like telegramming or rather telegraphing to people via her social media like that she's in trouble or she's unhappy or um
2: she wants to get out
0: yeah like there was stuff on like I remember there was one thing where they were like Brittany like on your next and she also like so she's uh, she's medicated I mean she had like severe mental health issues and I remember reading as well that I think it's ran it in her family. Um, I think like her her paternal, her maternal grandmother had like, had a severe mental health problems as well. So there's like some precedent for this. Um, and so she's like heavily medicated, I believe. And she is still active on social media being this sort of like media brand who is still generating money for, you know, whoever benefits, which I think in large part is like her, her, her immediate family who manage her um but so she has been making like these sort of strange media or like posts on instagram where she's like dancing or like doing like routines or just like chatting but seems a little out of it um
2: they're very overtly positive and optimistic i think is the first thing that kind of threw a lot of her fans off
0: like suspiciously so or right
2: Um, she was using a lot of emojis. That was like a big thing that I think broke the internet where they were, she, she basically disappeared, I think in like 2019, after she canceled the rest of her Vegas residency um, due to her father's health problems. And she had been active on social media prior to that cancellation. And then post-cancellation, she basically disappeared for like two months or something. And then the first post when she came back, there was like an emoticon. Mm-hmm. rather than an emoji and her fans kind of read into that and took it as like oh someone else is controlling her social yeah. media so to what extent is her entire life being controlled right. and that prompted people to delve into it and start this whole movement so
1: so how often like when we're talking about like britney spears is like online persona like how often is she is she like a very online type of like character or it's like I what think is she, it
2: she is and she was i personally i mean you know this isn't great for my credibility, but I personally don't follow her. I also have not <laughs> wait, <I> bae, try- <laughs> you don't follow
0: her what the fuck, you said I try oh to stay God. off of social all right, media. Alright, we're gonna have to cut general. base but we're gonna cut all of this. Tonight. Sorry, go uh, ahead.
2: But she she was active. Like I think she was posting a lot and people would like repost her Instagram posts thinking that they were memes too. Like they a lot of her videos were turned into memes um yeah which because, is also interesting well
0: they're correct because there was this weird aspect where it's like everyone's so ironically detached now and like that's the whole like mode like that's like the the tenor of like most celebrities engagement online to some degree or another
1: and this podcast
0: and this podcast <laughs> well we're i'm being i'm being very earnest right now man i'll have you know but she's just like yeah there's like i don't know you can go and like watch some read some of or look at some of her like posts on instagram or whatever i mean i remember there was one specific thing and this was like what I first remember like being becoming privy to this was that someone was like, "Oh, Brittany, like, wh- like if you're not okay, like wear a yellow shirt and like your next post, like, um, if you like need help, because like, granted, like she was not allowed to drive a car, for instance, like she was caught with like her boyfriend, yeah. um, she was driving and that was like seen, like it was she was photographed by a paparazzo or something, and it was like there were repercussions, you know, yeah. and it's like people naturally see this woman who's she's forty, she has kids. Um, and they're like, what the fuck? Like, is this like, the, the maybe we're like, you know, this is not acceptable or like, who knows to what degree? I don't know. It's, it's obviously very muddy. Um, but anyway, she wore a shirt, oh, a yellow shirt in the next post and people were like, holy shit. Like she, we need to bust her out. Like we need to do like a, a Shawshank style, uh, like, you know, we need heist. a heist. Yeah. I guess in Shawshank it, they, they get themselves out, but nonetheless, yeah. um, so I don't know. That's sort of like the genesis of all of this thing. And now I think it's sort of bubbled over to the creation of this documentary, which sort of goes into the weeds on her conservatorship and delves in somewhat with like how much agency she does have as a person. And, you know, I think there's a lot to go into there. And I, I, I think if you want to know about it, you could watch the documentary um, and it's worth, I think, understanding because I think she is like a totem of our culture in a, in a really important way. But I think, I think it is important to go through a little bit and like get the cliff notes of her sort of rise to fame um, because I think some of it is very instructive. And then I think I want to talk a little bit about, you know, what it means for our society of spectacle and like what that means itself um what do you guys think
1: yeah uh, before we go any further can we just like because we've said this word a couple times and then like definitely do the bio can you say what the, you said conservatorship what does that mean
2: so i guess with conservatorship um it basically means that the individual is unfit to make certain decisions in their life to to my understanding um, there c- there could be a financial conservatorship, and there could also be a conservatorship of the person. Um, so the conservatorship of the person would be more personal matters. So in her case, it would be who visits her, who she talks to, um, her daily, I guess, what she does on the day-to-day, um, her medication, things like that would be of the person. And the,
0: the medication is a big thing, because I remember reading that like there was some dispute about like she wanted to change her medication because she two that like okay so part of the huge part of this is like everyone probably remembers like in 2008 there was like she had like a public meltdown and she was sort of being harried and and harassed by the media and she shaved her head and she like slammed the umbrella into the car and everyone was like oh my god like britney's losing it and i think at that point she was committed to a psychiatric institution either voluntarily or or not
2: yeah, that's actually a really important point because they do oftentimes for the conservatorship to be approved by a court, um, there has to be a DSM diagnosis. So whether or not mm. that is made public to to everyone and all of her fans and all of that, I don't know if there's ever been any official statement on that. I do think that she has said herself that she deals with bipolar disorder. Um, anything beyond that, I don't think anyone's ever like really confirmed or anything, but I mean that's enough like even yeah. with bipolar disorder and everything that she's been through in her career you know that's it's what it, it's not a
1: What is DSM?
2: DSM would be the the manual the, yeah. uh, okay. um,
0: Diagnostic and Statistical ma- Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders which is like it's regularly like updated yeah right. it's like the bible of mental illness So that's
1: yeah. like how you like i guess like confirm diagnosed. if someone's like diagnosed of something Exactly. Of like a met- yeah,
0: any, mental, any mental, any men- like diagnosis that you could receive from a mental health professional would be existing, extant in the DSM. Word. And the okay. reason it's updated is because like you know more stuff is you know scholarship advances and says like oh there are new things that people may have or clarifying things. In any case. Um. But yeah, I mean, I guess okay. So to like to uh, to to dial in a, a little bit, like yeah. So Brittany had her breakdown in 2008 it was she was very much like a pub it was very much a public affair um and she was yeah so she underwent some mental health like uh, treatment and i think that was sort of the that was the um the catalyzing incident for her conservatorship under which so now it's now been 13 years that she is just not is not in control of her finances she's not as bay was talking about she has very little autonomy if any really as a as an adult person and therefore a lot of people have been sort of publicly scrutinizing this a lot of her fans and like you know who knows like what it, i'm you know i think it all comes from a very good place it's unclear to what degree it's it's really uh you know based in rea- or in like in a in a, a sober analysis of what is best for this woman Mo- no none of her fans uh, uh, who Mostly. who none of her fans <laughs> uh, intimately understand or know, but um, I don't know. What do you, well, yeah, I mean...
2: In that, what I, do you I would think? say, I think maybe early on in 2019 when fans were freaking out that she disappeared from Instagram, that could have been, compl- I mean, not as informed because no one really knew what was going on, but yeah. since the whole movement has, like, picked up, I do think that um, they... The fans definitely do know a little bit about what's going on. I mean, in the documentary, I'm sure if a lot of you are interested in this and have seen it already, you see that the fans um, were allowed to go to, I think it was maybe the last hearing in 2020, um, where the court, the judge, did grant Britney's wish of um, basically having the control of her finances between the Bessemer Trust, which is some bank, um, I actually tried to look into them and I couldn't really find too much information other than their website um, and her father. So that was like, I guess in the documentary, they painted that out to be progress for her and, a, and the little baby step towards her freeing herself um, from this whole conservatorship. But I do think that it's important to kind of go back to the genesis of Britney and um kind of what got her here
0: yes i would that's i'm glad you said it because i wanted to do i wanted to talk about this because okay so i think like as far as the ins and outs of her case i mean i think all of us have said like none of us really know so much it's complex i think all of us probably are you know have a, a i feel a lot very much sympathy for her as someone who was a child star we know that like fame is essentially toxic to childhood And like normal development um and like she seems like she's never done anything to indicate that she's not a good person um but i think why it's interesting to talk about is like because i think it's a great object lesson i mean she's not an object she's a person (laughs) but it's a person lesson in how fucking corrosive ours like um our sort of celebrity culture is and the ways in which like you know everybody sort of is takes takes part in these like collective rituals of like stripping this person of like their of their um their privacy and like their autonomy um so let's jump back if we can to like the genesis of britney's career we'll do a quick like um rundown of like how we got to this place and then i want to want to dive in with a little bit of analysis and get a little heady about like what it all means you know and I'm gonna I'm gonna warn you guys now I have some theory that I'm gonna I'm gonna unleash I'm gonna pop out of my holster
1: can I just say before we di- we dive into Britney's um upbringing dear listener if any of you are like me we were saying that we have sympathy for Britney Spears after reading what we're about to go into I definitely have sympathy but I will say coming into this like my like just Shitty teenager brain that I had was like fuck Britney Spears and everything she is because it's like she's just like this like pop star that yeah. that amplified that she like rep for me represented everything that like sucked about corporate music mm-hmm. And it's like that was like my and I think a lot of people's like image for Impressive like so her, long for sure. And so I think it's like, you know, you'll probably get into this bay But it's like, you know, it it's hard to like overcome that narrative if you're like, you know, trying to make a sympathetic character
2: Definitely. Um, yeah. And I think that also raises the question of, like, also what you were touching on earlier with her fans having so much agency and like motive in this, um, is is it is it is it kind of the same thing that happened twenty years ago that's happening again, mm-hmm. where well, other, right. you know. But anyways, we'll get into that. But yeah, we're just gonna quickly run through how we got here today. Um, so. Brittany, she started off um, on Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. I guess that was her first little break um, of fame. Which is um, like Mickey
0: Mouse. That's like, it's like, what is that? Like sort of like a Sesame Street style thing. Yeah. Or it's like a variety show for yeah. kids, right? Like but they, she would
2: like, go on and sing and like, you cool. know. And
0: so this is what? This is like 96. So be I mean,
2: right mid nineties. She was still cool. very much a child, um, and then she basically went home back to Louisiana. And we also that's another I think really important thing in like the psychoanalysis of her is that she is this very small town girl from Kentwood, Louisiana, um, who grew up incredibly Christian. It's right in the Bible Poor belt. Too, right? Poor, exactly. And so she goes on Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, goes back home, lives most of her high school life at home. You know, she's not famous, really. She played on the basketball team, whatever. Then we fast forward to um, Hit Me Baby one more time, right? Mm. This was when she was 16. Um, and she was star- She started off performing at malls, and her popularity grew exponentially, um, very quickly. And there are multiple interviews where she she comments on that herself, and she says, you know, it feels like it happened overnight. Like, kind of the very stereotypical like pop star story yeah. American dream type, you know, narrative. Dude, that's um, crazy. She was sixteen. She when it was came
1: 16. out.
0: Yeah, that's what, so nineteen ninety eight. Yeah. Uh, was when Hit Me Hit Me Baby One More Time came out. Um, written by Max Martin, who is This seems like
1: some Swedish like he's
0: the Swedish guy maker. who's like still writing like every hit. Yeah. yeah. Uh like he's still Max Martin is like the oh. Swedish guy who's writing, you know most of, or maybe not most, but a lot of Ariana Grande's hits, several of the Weekends hits. If you he heard it on the hits. radio, it's a good chance. It's probably it might Max have been Martin, him. who's just like a, he's like a Swedish elemental of pop music. Like he just like came out of a geothermal vent <laughs> in <the> fucking <laughs> in like Jutland and was just, just like making bangers. Just <laughs> with like yeah, an amazing ear for pop sensibilities. Um. So yeah, but like Britney, so Britney, I don't know. I this is like. Britney sort of gets started, and at a very early age, she's like. I mean, we were talking about this a bit, right, Bay? Like, she's sort of all thing, like being trying to be all things at the same time, or, or rather, her image is she being was, branded in the such thing a way. Is she
2: was because she's she like was successfully
0: doing it. Well, right, but the, she was. Yes, you're you're absolutely right. Like, she succeeded in being both like of this virginal figure, yeah, who was at the same time like an, a sex pot. Um, despite being a teen, yeah. I mean, I was reading about this and it was sort of inconclusive, but like she had a breast augmentation surgery when she was 17, um, at, with given the go ahead by her parents to do so. Um, and then it's, um, it was later, you know, it's been, it's come out that like from some of her confidants at the time that she immediately regretted it, um, because she, her body was like still developing. I mean, when you're 17, you're not even a full grown person. So, which I think is instruct. Well, I think it's just instructive to say that, like, she was under a lot of pressure to look a certain way or be sexualized in a certain way, in a way that she was. I don't feel like wasn't in a in position to, uh, you know, as as she was not even eighteen. I mean, she couldn't even fucking vote. How are you gonna make these types of decisions when when there's so much money and like prestige involved? But go ahead.
2: Yeah, I I see where you're coming from, but I also think that she she definitely was, I don't know, I do think that you are, you can be a little bit more complex in the way that you view your own sexuality, even as a 16 year old, 15 year old girl, obviously, it's not going to be anywhere near as mature or developed as when you're maybe 25 or 26. But To me, uh, at least from watching the documentary and seeing the interviews from that time when people would ask her in the media about, you know, how do you feel about your your sexualized image? How do you feel about, you know, going on stage just in your underwear? She would clap back. She would be like, well, I wouldn't say it was just my underwear, you know, Mm -hmm. and I do think that she I mean, the breast augmentation thing that could honestly just be chalked up to a case of a 17-year-old who has the money to do it. So she yeah. did, she just made a mistake, yeah. you yeah, know? Yeah, sure, sure, sure. I don't know if it was necessarily forced upon her. Or like, her label was like, you know, like, you have to get bigger boobs. I, otherwise, like, your next album won't sell. Like, right. You know, but I will say that the thing that's worth noting from that time is definitely the way that women, and we talked about this earlier, Jonah, was like that, her popularity was exploding simultaneously in America, pop culture-wise, with the Clinton-Lewinsky trials. Yeah. Where women were put into this kind of di- dichotomy or duality box of you're either the slutty side piece girl or yeah. you're, you're the wife at home. Exactly.
0: I really want to talk about that. Mac, What did, did you have a, a, something to say
1: real quick? No, I mean, the only thing I was going to say, and, I, and it was piggybacking off of Jonah, just about like, And it's an open question, right, that I think about sometimes, especially with child stars, is that, like, Jonah, to kind of what you were saying about uh, whether or not, like, she had any, um, as a child star, like, had any sort of say in this. And, like, Bay, I understand how, like, you can say that maybe, like, it's putting her in a box a little bit to say, like, oh, she's just being, like, like, she's just a product of society. But you know, maybe this is like my old man, like, (laughs) like mentality. But it does, it does, yeah. But it does seem like you know, if you're a young, if you're a a minor, right, and like you, there's like you're a star, and like you're you 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 produce like "Hit Me, Baby, One More Time," and like you're worth all this money, and like worth you really are a product, whether or not you want to see it that way or not. It's like there's so many forces acting upon you that like I don't know. It's it's unclear to me whether or not. Like, you really have the wherewithal to know, like, w- what is, like, being... Like, why you are looking the way you are, why you're being marketed the way you are. You know, like, Definitely. you are the product. It like, was
2: kind of like she couldn't win no matter what. It was like anything that she did was so heavily scrutinized because she was so famous and so popular so quickly mm-hmm. um, that it they really just, like, took the opportunity to do say and do whatever they could at 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 any decision any show album anything she did you know and really just like milked it the the absolute most that they could and we kind of talked about the the 90s and the early 2000s like off camera or whatever about um it being coined this kind of like tabloid decade yeah. When TMZ, Perez Hilton, People Magazine, Us Weekly, all of that, with this like very heightened sense of sensationalism
1: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> and tabloidification, if you will, of even news, like like serious, right. what, what 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 well, people would CNN say really is came serious to, journalism, to life and stuff. Yeah. right? And entertainment and gossip, and it, we really like blurred that line there, yeah. and there was so much money to be made off of Britney outside of her music there was so much money
0: and think about like some of the other like big big like hits of the 90s um you had uh the menendez trials which i i don't know if this was before i was born i think but i still remember hearing about them these were like the brothers i believe who like killed their parents because they were like abusing them whoa and it was just like a fucking most licentious thing it was an, you know splashed across the tabloids you had of course kurt cobain's like sort of celebrity and then tragic suicide which was like you know i felt like it was all like very like lustily reported upon
1: and it's conspiratorial too like like the opening of like all this conspiracy shit
0: and then of course mid-decade um is sort of like the apotheosis with the oj simpson trial um which is you know of course there was like the fame i mean it's like amazing like you had Live TV of him driving his Ford Bronco down the fucking 101 or whatever in LA, just low speed chase. It's just like all of our celebrities are just exploding in front of us and Mm -hmm. we're like cheering it on. We're like,
2: yes,
1: yes,
0: (laughs) you know. And then we're watching the trial. I mean, it's just this like, and I, this is something that occurs to me like this at the same time in the 90s, this was when the Soviet Union had collapsed, the Cold War was decisively over, we'd won, and everyone I think felt the notion was that like this is it like we've done it I mean fr- the the famous book by Francis Fukuyama The End of History it's like we've squared the circle like everything is just going to be sort of dem- lib- like democratic market like liberal capitalist um, uh, you know uh, ecosystem and it's that's just like that's what won and that's now all that's left is to tinker and like soften out the edges and it's done and I think there was a lot of malaise and like weird uh displaced anxiety because everyone was like there's no there's no enemy anymore i mean what do we have i mean you know until 9 11 where we had the war on terror to get going again and get ourselves revved up i think there was a level to which celebrity yeah and like tabloids were like the new thing that everyone was just like do something like yeah like you know like burning ants with a magnifying glass just like waiting for them to fucking pop (laughs) You mentioned
1: Kurt Cobain. I mean, what's more, like, the response to, like, that sort of malaise than, like, that whole grunge movement shit? You know what I mean? Like, all of it.
2: The apathetic attitude during that time, for sure. Um, But then, I mean, just to, like, bring it back, I guess, you know, you take everything that we just talked about with what was going on in the world and in the media and our pop culture um, and entertainment, and then you put this woman who is just being completely harassed at every turn. Um, And and then completely, I mean, going off of the whole grunge attitude of like the apathy um, of the 90s, um, I think you couple what went on in pop culture and with the tabloids with her fame and her popularity and i think like a, like a big point that the documentary makes and that a lot of i think her really like die hard fans know is that um what happened between her and Justin Timberlake in the media was definitely a huge played a big role
0: right cuz so like cuz her and Justin Timberlake were like they dated when they were like both teenagers right like he was in NSync and yeah. she was doing like her solo thing and they like were like a public didn't in fact i'm pretty sure they like lived together
2: yeah they, like they were moved. a public couple and yeah. and they were kind of america had not had that kind of like celebrity couple in a long time so when britney also, and like justin teenagers.
0: like is that that's so fucked up like is there an example of that now like are there like teens whose there relationship are wasn't there like, like miley cyrus
1: and like justin Bieber, or i don't know if they were still teens at the Selena time wasn't and the, justin yeah
2: that was Another
0: yeah, I suppose couple. so. There's, That's very dark. I mean, we love I mean, that shit.
1: <laughs> we love it. Is, I Wanted to make <laughs> this
0: point quickly <laughs> earlier. Like, it, you know, what I was just saying, it's like it's super fucked because it's like child labor is illegal because like we've decided that like you know labor is effectively exploitative in some degree and like that that type of like relationship and like working um, against your will effectively because you have to is something that children shouldn't be subjected to, and then we're just like. Except in show business, in which case it's totally fine. Like, yeah, because it's like you can't be you're not allowed to be a kid and like work a job. But it's like if you want to be a kid and work in show business, which is like famously demanding and perverted, then it's like fucking go for it. Cool. (laughs) And it's just like maybe that's like dooming anyone who is a child actor to like a fucked up life. Like, I don't know.
1: Tell me if this is too dark a take, but it seems like the powers that be just like have like inklings towards pedophilia like that's
0: well, what i'm that's hearing other this. can of worms but yeah i mean there's i mean no you want to talk about like fucking brian singer and all the people involved at like Nickelodeon? i mean there's a lot of fucking horrific yeah. abuse involved but even setting that aside as if that weren't happening which it 100 percent is like just the fame on like you're young on a young person's mind is bad um and just like doing labor like you're not even having a childhood like that's like what happened that's whole Mike- michael jackson's whole thing um whatever in any case
2: so she had this relationship with Justin, right? And then they were America's like you know sweetheart couple, celebrity couple. Oh, they Everyone were wearing the denim. Thought. Do you remember that exactly. pic of them and like the iconic, the, iconic, <laughs> iconic,
0: fucking denim Canadian Amazing. tuxedos? Amazing, yeah, but
2: okay. they and then they broke up. You know, they broke up, and I. I guess he went about his career and he he puts he puts out this song Crimea River and it's basically implying and suggesting and there were also clips of him on interviews where he would make jokes and whatever about Britney cheating on him and you know in today today 2021 people would be like who gives a fuck right like I don't care she cheated so what maybe yeah. not that apathetic but it wouldn't be as much of a big deal but when you put it into context of she's this christian girl who has said to the media multiple times that she's waiting to to marry to have sex with someone you know to lose her virginity right. this was a big deal for her you know and they the media was relentless they slut-shamed her they absolutely turned you know it all she she fucked up like it was her fault there was no way that he could have possibly had a hand in a relationship that involves two people. Yeah, Brittany one. is just a disgusting tramp who we need to <laughs> tear down until she shaves her head and until she loses you know. And
0: I mean, yeah. I mean, that's like putting like it's like I, it is essentially that though because I mean, it's like certainly this is 2000 and fucking 1 or whenever. This was it's like 2004. V- 2004 2007. Profoundly pre-woke period. Um exactly. and beyond that, I mean, it, it was just like sort of like Britney as a sort of regardless of like what in her interiority was or like how she wanted to uh, her career to be or or to mean like there was a large to a large degree like the media is just looking at her as like a vessel uh, into which like whatever type of uh,
2: photos of Britney could sell for a million dollars a piece
0: yeah i mean that's a, a
1: piece i i guess the, the i mean i hear all that but the cynical way of looking that, with at that and i guess it's a product of everyone being so online now is that like so that narrative that was spun of her being like the you know the the good like girl next door who's a christian who like doesn't have sex until marriage the fact that that was reported on and like essentially falling apart and like caused all this drama you know, is there something to be said that that was like partly her doing by creating that narrative or whoever was in charge of her by cre- creating that narrative? Like how much of that isn't authentic? Yeah, like
0: it was like built how- up to be torn down I mean, in a, a way. A hundred
2: percent. And I do think that she was in charge of her of her image to a de- to a large degree that I think actually a lot of people discredit her for. Um, so sure, you could say that. But I mean, then it's kind of like, OK, then it, is it her fault? for mm-hmm. being slut- shamed and and you know what I'm saying like right. I don't know if just because she chose that to be a, a, a an aspect of a, a dimension merely a dimension of a multi-dimensional person um, that that either justifies or makes it okay right. that she, then it then it turned into okay well you said you were this girl next door but like you're not so like what's the deal you know it's like she doesn't owe anyone any of that um.
0: and it also exactly the fact that she's like both both things at once like no one is a, no one is is the completely you know virginal maiden or like the the fucking you know succubus especially not when you're like a, a teenager. Um, and the fact that you have to be all or one, all or the other, like, there's no, it's all, especially in, like, early 2000s, like, late 90s, like, smooth-brained idiocy of our culture at that time, like, or, I mean, it's just, like, there's no allowance for any complexity, um, <laughs> and, like, that's damning, because, like, or that's really, I'm sure that's horrific, because it's, like, everyone is feels like they're everything and not, like, they're one thing and the other thing at the same time, like there's no one, there's no totality there um and i wanted to talk a little bit about like to put this in like some context because i think to suggest that this is not like a one off you know this is indicative of like how our culture structurally works and not just our culture but our economy i mean our whole society is organized to produce these types of outcomes and these types of fucked up tragic stories i mean like that in like britneys um and to do that, I want to talk about the, this book by um, a French theorist and sociologist, Guy Debord. He wrote um, Society of Spectacle in 1967. Um, and I think you, I have to give him major credit for uh, calling it, as it were, uh, for having first comment. Uh Frenchman? He is a Frenchman, mm-hmm. yes. He's a Frank. He's a dirty Frank. But his position in the Society of Spectacle was essentially our it, the, what the book is is it's just like 294 one or two sentence theses that are just presented in uh, in a list. The first one is this: In societies where modern conditions of production prevail, all of life presents itself as an immense accumulation of spectacles. Everything that was directly lived has moved away into a representation. So, end quote. So, a lot of this shit is very dense, it's very academic and inscrutable, but he, what what, the, what he gets at is that under, and I'll, I'm going to say it, under capitalism, you know, life has become more and more abstracted away from being lived in, the, in a visceral, in real sense, and a lot of this is stuff that we just accept as a like, cliche now, like, you know, it's like the meme, it's like, look at that, like, you know, someone will post a picture of, like, cavemen, and they'll be like, look at that, like, not a phone in sight, everyone just vibing. You know, and, and like that's almost a meme now, but it's especially, you know, this was well before the advent of personal technology. Um, he, this, the point was being made that everything is being frac- fractaled away. It's like when you're standing between two mirrors and you just see them curving off into infinity. Um, life is less lived than it is observed, contemplated, it's lived at it a remove. Everything's mediated by images, and uh, which like sort of obscure real relations, uh, because everything is just like everything is a layer. Everything is an image of an image, um, and this was before the concept of the internet. This is before the internet that this concept was sort of a, um, sort of brought into being by De Okay, so what the fuck am I banging on about? Um, there's a notion in which I think this whole the Brittany thing is like a lot of us is is just her having to be two things at once her being like sort of jerked hither and fro by competing narratives in the media of like her like her the like her management oh she's like this virginal maiden or oh she's like handling an anaconda and like dripping in oil and it's just like this notion of uh you know things being so divorced from any one reality it's like it doesn't matter it's like they're giving up like no one's like britney is this person or l- least of all herself but no one is trying to say this is britney's image so they're like it's fucking this it's that it's this like she's in a she's a school girl oh now she's like a she's a snake handling seductress and it's just like i think that's so indicative of the time and especially now it's just like eh, anyone could be anything at any point and no one cares there's no consistency like um it doesn't matter because it's everything is just like an accumulation.
2: Yeah, no. And I think that's definitely, we're moving towards that now. And that is definitely more the case now, especially with women in, in pop culture as well, where you really can't pigeon. I mean, you could, but like, you're going to get torn apart for it. Like people Mm -hmm. are going to call you out on that. But, um,
1: yeah, I mean, that's always a good point. I'm curious though. It's like, this idea of like an image of an image type of thing, right? Is like when it comes to like the idea of the celebrity, right? I'm curious, like, how much like a lot of this is painted is like it's an unfair portrait of like what this person really is. But unless, like, in a more philosophical level, unless you're like talking to someone as like your friend, someone you get to know, and someone like you're really having an actual interaction with, like how much of anything that you know about any like celebrity or any famous person or any present or any person that's not in your circle is ever like anything other than like this manufactured like product of like Right,
0: things, and, and I think know? that I think the more interesting question to a degree is like, is there anything else there? Like if you are like, right. that's the thing. It's like, what, 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 what becomes of the celebrity who's right. who has no interiority because they aren't allowed to, because everything is done in like they're their x-ray like y- they live under a fucking x-ray under a microscope like what what is left when they're not like being uh, scrutinized in that way and uh, I think
2: what is left is what's happening right now isn't it and that's kind of like the 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 really harsh and slightly ugly reality that i think a lot of her fans like have a hard time accepting but also i guess they do feel like they owe it to her in a way to act upon that. Um, because I think what you're saying is what is happening right now is all of that has been stripped away where things have been divulged to the public about what is actually going on in her life. What has right. happened? We have the, the be- the, what is the word? We have the hindsight to be right. able to look backwards. Like obviously we don't really know what will, or there's nothing to compare it to because the future hasn't happened yet. Right. Um, but looking up, I think the point that I was trying to make earlier was just, like, I can't help but, like, see this whole situation as, like, you know, when you, like, watch, like, a like, even, like, a 90s movie, but, like, a, a 70s movie, an 80s movie, and, like, the characters or the writing in it say something that's just, like, so outrageous, and you just, like, can't help but, like, think to yourself, like, I can't believe this was marketed or advertised like this was put out like this and we all were okay like this was okay this was you know it's like like, this like mind-boggling thing to look back at and see what our threshold was and it's like I see I relate that to like what's happening here with her but then when I look back at it it's just like heartbreaking because it's it's not a movie it's not it's not a a plot it's not a script it's it's her life like this is a, a her 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 being her existence you know And you look at what was said about her, how she was treated, what she did uh, amidst all of all of that, what she felt she could do, what she felt she had to do to feel like she did have control. Um, And in a lot of ways, she did. I think she definitely did. And that's like something that's not really given to her often, which I think is probably the least that, you know, the public can do now is like is educate themselves, I think, about what she's actually been through and and, and kind of observe and try to... I don't know. I don't...
1: So, I mean, so, ahead, yeah, so here's something I was thinking about like as we're talking about all this. And, like, the Britney story, we went through, like, all this, like, different timeline of, like, the 90s and the 2000s and, like, the uprising, like, the, the absurgence of the internet. And I'm struck by a lot of the reason why she's back in the news now is a lot of it has to do with the reaction of like her fans and like how they have like an instant reaction to be able to comment and all these things are going on. And to a certain degree, it's like we mentioned it early on about like how like they'll see that someone commented about like a yellow shirt or they'll see like a emoticon or something. And they're reading like these like little tea leaves to like make a broader analysis about like what's going on. And it it's it weirdly like strikes me as like reminiscent of like QAnon shit where it's like you have something where it's like you have such a big following of people and they see like little variations and like anything that's happening. And like we are so built as a society to want to like have a story and have a narrative that it's like if you have enough people in the community, which the community here happens to be like the Britney Spears followers you want to make that into like an interesting story Mm -hmm. and it's like that's not necessarily discounting that any of this is true but i think it's interesting because i feel like it it is so of the time and of like the topic that like people want to make that into like a story people want to be participants
0: you know something that instead of just being passive observers or consumers um (laughs) you know and yeah i think that's that's something that I, like, one of the, the one thing that I couldn't help thinking about this whole time is, like, there's now this renewed media cycle about Britney Spears, and I think everyone is like, yeah, she's been fucked over in this way, like, she's like, you know, it's like in the, the cliche of, like, you know, the sacrificial lamb who is like, they live like a god. You know, and they're, like, they're carried around on a litter, and they're fed grapes and fanned, and then at the end, they get, like, sacrificed on the altar. I mean, Mm -hmm. And, like, you know, I think that comparison, that sort of analogy has been made many times with, like, our culture of celebrity before. Um, But the fucked up thing is that, like, it's not happening again, but it's happening in this way where we're, like, discussing it. It's almost gross. It's like a serial killer, like, sending a fucking letter to the police, like, describing what they're doing or, like... Because it's like, we're now treading, we're retreading the same ground about Britney Spears. There's this fucking documentary came out, the Hulu one. And now, I saw just the other day, it was announced that Netflix is doing its own documentary. Right. And it's this whole multi-news cycle. And it's just like, we're doing it again. Like, we're returning to, like, make hay out of this, out of Britney Spears. And, of course, like, to one degree, I mean, yeah, it's like, you know, it's her, it's her life. It's her it's like her, um, I mean, to the degree that she was, had any agency, like, she chose to do this, and whatever, I mean, everyone goes, like, I'm sure if you have a fucking hard life, there's a lot of people who have a hard, much harder life than Britney Spears have, but nonetheless, it's just crazy to me that, like, the notion that we're all now, discuss- it's like this meta discussion of how, this, how much we've spectacleized, and, like, you know, made into a totem of our culture and, and, like, a cautionary tale out of Britney. And now we're doing it, now we're discussing our discussion of that. Right. But and I it's it, we're, we're, we're retreading the same ground. It's like, it just goes forever. It's like a, it's the time, time is the flat circle. The like, beautiful
1: tide of content. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I
0: mean, really, it's just, it's it's gone out and it's coming back in. I do kind of, see,
2: I mean, just to, like, play devil's advocate i guess yeah. I mean, you, one could argue that this is sure we're an- analyzing it and talking about it here but i do think that it could also be seen as like this unraveling of what of of the peak of this celebrity and this culture and this voyeurism and the spectacle and everything that we just talked about with the 90s and the early 2000s and this is kind of the unraveling or the or the aftermath and then i mean in a way it's like we we do have to kind of deal with this collectively right. as a society whether or not you are part of this community or 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 you're not and you're removed from it someone is gonna have to deal with right what it is that we all uh created i suppose yeah. mm-hmm. um and if you want to be optimistic about it i guess you could say that the the ugliest part of it of of that of that whole phenomenon which birthed her and gave gave us britney spears and her music and all of that the worst of that is hopefully now over and this is kind of the the remedy and this is like it's like kind of like when you grow up with like really toxic parents and then like you you kind of act out and you're self-destructive and all of that and then you go through hopefully that period where you go and see a therapist right. or you go and talk it out and yeah. then you learn about yourself and you can move, you know? Right. Um, that might be overly optimistic or a little bit too one-dimensional for something that is as complex as a conservatorship and then, you know, you add the layer of, sh- it's Britney Spears. Um, but I do, I don't know. I think that that is also a way of looking at it. But I do, I mean, most of me agrees with you, Jonah, that it is kind of gross and like...
1: Yeah, we it's, <laughs> not <laughs> like
0: it's not even like... I don't. I think. Yeah. I. I. I agree with you. Actually, but I mean, because I think it's like it is well-meaning, and like people are genuine in their like contemplation of the ruination of this woman and her struggles and hardship, and people understand their own role in it. And I don't think it's that like it's actually like bad or salacious, but I just think it. And this is why I wanted to bring in the fucking Debord, because I think it's it's structural. It's not like people being bad and people being like hey, and like being like yeah fucking what it yeah like blow up in front of me i love it like it's like we can't help it because it's like what is demanded of these people in that people in that position and even when this is the point like even when we try to make a documentary being like what happened like how did it get so bad this poor woman like it got so like god damn it like sh- we should just none of this should happen it's like none of this should ever have happened it's like in so doing we're 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 doing the same thing again because we're trotting you know we're bringing her back out for public examination and like i agree it's it's not as bad as like you know trying to get fucking upskirt shots of her and shit and being like Brittany, like what's wrong with you you know it isn't as bad it's not quite as gross but it's still making a spectacle out of out of her and i think like you know it's because like that's what she exists to do Quickly, if I can, like, I want to do one more quick hit from the just because I think we, if nothing else, we have to give this motherfucker credit for his uh, spot on predictions of our, uh, you know, of the world we were all going to live in. Um, this is his thesis 61. He says, "The a- and forgive the academic language, but the agent of the spectacle who is put on stage as a star is the opposite of an individual he or she is as clearly the enemy of her own individuality as of the individuality of others. Entering the spectacle as a model to be identified with, she renounces all autonomous qualities in order to identify herself with the general law of obedience to the flow of things. So this is a notion of like the spectacle just being this thing, it's like a riptide. And like once you're set into it, you are it's out of the hands of any one person Like, you're just sort of like <laughs> you exist for the satisfaction of a larger current, a larger thing
2: um, now we're all the spectacle of we're literally,
1: yeah we are we're, it's true I'm so we talked about this, I just wanted to bring this up because like we talked about this off mic and it's something that I think is interesting with this whole like sort of saga which Brittany is like the exemplifier of but you know now like in the in twenty twenty one we live in a situation where it's like all of these things are like essentially like surveilling people and making them like constant celebrities and constant modes of like critique and modes of like obs- obs- observation for other people. We're in a somewhat different framework now where it's like so many people are self are doing that by themselves and like they have social media presences where it's like they are the ones that are putting their life out there for others to see and as a result like you have we mentioned like Perez Hilton and we mentioned like TMZ you do have a lot less of that now if nothing else for the fact that like you don't need someone paid a full salary to go and like get like a photo of someone a every picture, day
2: because they'll upload it themselves
1: or like upload it 10 times a day themselves exactly and I'm curious like Bay, like especially is like that seems like maybe a good thing but also at the Mm -hmm. same time it's like what does that mean generally the fact that like we no longer have as much of the paparazzi but like for celebrities and also like for pretty just like normal people too like we've become our own paparazzi and in an extension we've become our own paparazzo in your head
2: i mean in korean there's a there's a term that means like Celebrity illness, and you use it when your friend is acting like too hot to be around you, or like they're <laughs> too good for you, you know. And I, I think that we all have, or at least if you are on social media and like play into the algorithms and whatnot, mm. we all have a little bit of that. Sure, and and I, is
0: basically everyone. You see.
2: It is really everyone, and I think like on one hand, with what you're saying, with like with celebrities. And that paparazzi figure in the tabloid thing not being there, that is definitely positive and that those people have, those individuals have more control over the the stories or not stories that are put out there. You know, a lot of, there's been so many cases since the birth of Instagram where celebrities will go and clarify things. They'll be like, hey... Actually, this is what's actually up. And it, and you know it's coming.
0: The famous notes app screenshot. Exactly.
2: <laughs> yeah. Precisely. Or an apology or whatever. What have you. But on a larger scale, uh, I'm definitely in the camp of like, that's not good that we all have a little bit of, I think it just feeds into, like, capitalism loves self-hate, right? Like, they love when you, like, don't like yourself because that is what fuels it and i think instagram is like the the biggest breeding ground for that than we've mm-hmm. ever had before um it's like a mark instagram is literally also structurally completely changed to become like this marketplace where like you you look at facebook which was before that for mm-hmm. our generation it was people weren't selling shit on facebook like it was it was like In so the ads, it was different it was different, it was different. Was
1: as, yeah uh, yeah i mean yeah uh, uh, more we or less We weren't packaging
2: right? ourselves to an aesthetic to a brand you know we weren't branding ourselves to the degree that we do with instagram yeah, now I, t- yeah
1: definitely but like and like this is i to be clear i don't fucking buy into this at all but it's like yeah we weren't packaging ourselves but at the same time it's like we've never had so many people who can like have a full-time career off of like you know being a entertaining person but having like a box of soap in the background you know like there's a lot of like fucking like people who've earned a living off of just like this like commodification of like instagram and shit and the tension you know it's like the attention economy whatever i mean yeah
0: it's interesting i mean yeah yeah it's like well okay so what what is the new thing because it's it's true it's like it's it's gone as gone as our paparazzi to i mean they're still out there i'm sure zipping around and on mopeds and, and what have you um but br- broadly speaking the paparazzi are 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 have gone the way of the dinosaur and what you have instead are celebrities like on instagram or you know at a certain level like on OnlyFans or whatever if you're at like a lower level of of, of fame <laughs> and you're commodifying yourself and in a way it's like it can't help thinking of just like in the context of, like, gig economy shit, it's almost just, like, in a perverse way. It's just, like, you know, it used to be, like, you know, it used to be you got you got a taxi and there was, like, a guy who drove the taxi and now it's, like, you have an Uber driver and it's just, like, it used to be there was a paparazzi who would do, f- like, fame-mongering and now the fucking celebrities, you got to do it yourself. Like, <laughs> you, you've got to be your own fucking paparazzo. I mean, that's, like, what you said. I mean... But I think it's weird because it's just like foisting it on the individual, and it's certainly true that it's like to a large degree we're all feel responsible to be, like amplifying our own celebrity. Um,
1: Follow us on Twitter, by the way.
0: Yeah, we should. Do we have a Twitter account?
1: Uh, we have our our individuals. Maybe we should get our own. We should make our a Twitter own account. Podcast one.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, why are we even doing this fucking podcast in the first <laughs> place? <And> it's it's <laughs> not the, to mind very fucking same followers, reasons. but um. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It's just like this notion of like, it's like when you know you're being watched, it doesn't matter if you like someone, it's like when you're in the store and you're going to shoplift, you're like, there's probably not a camera under that black dome, but the fact that there might be one means I have to police my own behavior. And it's like, there's a level to which that is the same dynamic that's going on in celebrity because it's like, No one might be watching, no one might really be out there, and like, no one probably cares about me, but like, what if they did, and what if I could? Yeah. And so you're just doing it all the time, and it's compulsive in a way that, like, if there's no paparazzo zooming down the street after you, you're like, good, I'm in the clear. But if you're, but if, like, even if you're a famous person, you're like, now the fact that there isn't someone there means that you have to be doing it all the right. time. It's like it's almost worse. It's well, almost so much more sinister.
1: I mean, this added is
2: another job requirement of being.
1: Yeah, good. exactly. That's oh, exactly.
2: Also, this is like a new thing in like 2020. You have to like yeah. take these photos yourself. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like fuck.
1: I mean, this is like it is like. It- it's like the uncomfortable, uncomfortable reality of like surveillance. Because like Jonah, we, you asked me a lot about this like the last couple episodes about like why should we like care about like these type of things. And I think like one of the one of the things that's evident through this is that what you were mentioning about like what do people do when it's like they know they're being watched, but like the stakes are kind of low it's like you still change your behavior right if there's like the the obvious like metaphor is like if there's a camera in your room but like you're not sure whether it's on or off you'll act as if it's on and like we are in a situation where if you are remotely online the camera's on all the time right and it's on responding to all sorts of like different incentives whether it's like to get you like famous on instagram or whether it's just like to not be like you know spied upon by the nsa but it's like we live in an age of constant surveillance and the uncomfortable reality is that, like, for a lot of people, like, there is a level of complicity here where it's, like, we are, we are submitting, we are doing it ourselves. And it's, like, if you trace it back far enough, I'm sure you can say that, like, okay, there's forces acting upon people, which there are, that makes them do this. But it, at the same time, it's, like, you know, me, like, promoting this podcast on, like, a social, it's, like... I'm submitting myself to surveillance, but I'm doing it willingly. But I'm also not because it's like, I need to like rely on these factors. And it's like, we're, we're many layers deep in this, like this act of like having to like surveil yourself. And it's, it's really interesting.
2: And then there's also the layer of, well, well, I'm, I'm, I'm submitting myself, but I'm doing it for this podcast, which I'm actually passionate about. And where I talk about, things that have substance you know and right. so it, there's that aspect where it's like well i what kinds of things do people want to share mm-hmm. and what are their justifications for that and it's like so subjective in the same way that like no two people are the same right you know i yeah like you said we're like knee deep it's like very <laughs>
0: <laughs> well yeah i mean i yeah i agree with all that's been said it's true i mean i think the difference is just that like I don't know. It's so hard to say that anyone's doing anything of their own accord anymore because we've just been steeped. we have just stewing in, like, the brain. We're, like, we're literally just lab rats. I mean, the degree to which the internet has been foisted on us and, the you know, it's, it's now become unavoidable and all of these, all the social media that we use every day are just openly designed. They're being yeah. engineered with so much money behind it to understand how our minds work and to to colonize them like a fucking fungal parasite or something yeah and just make us do exactly what they want i mean scrolling infinitely all these things it's like i think we sort of flatter ourselves when we say that we have the free will to just do this or not and it's just like our brains are basically computers and it's not that hard to figure out like how to make how to make them do what you want well, um, via design.
1: Yeah. Well, Jonah, you mentioned your academic writer earlier today, so I would be remiss not to mention my own academic writer because it, it fits in here, and I'm sure this will come up again in the future based on this podcast. But there's this like it's like my Bible. Is like called this. Uh, it's called Surveillance Capitalism by Shoshana yeah. Zuboff. Zuboff. And um, why it relates here is that like one of the things that she points out that is like just a truism is that a lot of like the Silicon Valley ethos right of that, that guides so much of everything now is based off of like BF Skinner and like behavioralism and psychology in like the sixties which is like essentially it's conditioning people right it's conditioning people and things to do like what you you tell them to do over and over again and then they will do it. Yeah like Pavlov's and dog. Exactly, exactly. And like when you do that enough it's like you were talking Pavlov's about free will poster. The idea there is it just like free will is like so old-fashioned and it's like that it's something to be overcome and it's something that easily can be done away with with just enough technology and it's like I feel like there's a lot of that going on here where it's just like that ethos is like okay like the free will is like the last thing on the mind right it's really just more about like can you just feed people the right things to make them act the way you want them to
0: clarify your position quickly like are you saying that free will like what do you mean when you say that free will is is I, I think I agree with you but like are you saying that that's the position of like tech companies and stuff, or
1: the uh, so to, good? So the clarification here is that like with tech companies and broad brush, right? But the underlying ethos of like the Silicon Valley types leading up to like the nineties and the two thousands mm-hmm. was that like if like. If, for example, like the way we normally do things in human society is that like you do something and then I look at what you did and I take what you did and I analyze that and then I say, like, okay, what, what will that mean that you do in the future? Skinner and Big Tech, they say that like that's inefficient and what you should really be doing is like you should be looking at how someone what they are like what their profile is like and then you should be able to know Know, what they do before they do it right and that's the that's the real that's the like when you look at Google and Facebook and like all this predictive analytics shit like that is like the real fucking crux is that like they want to eliminate you from this process it's like you they want to be able to say like know exactly what it is that you you are about before you ever do it
2: did you guys watch that Netflix documentary
1: Oh, the fucking social dilemma. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That was a good no. one. That was a good one.
2: What blew my mind about that one was that um, how long you s- stop on each post mm-hmm. is recorded and repo- that shit was crazy to me. Because that's like so. That's so cycle. That's like getting in there. Yeah. You know. Like okay, not only did this person stop or or click, did they click or not click? Whatever, did they look at the tag? It's like how. For how long did they I don't know. Something about that was just like people for
1: a lot of sites now can tell like what part of the page your eyes are looking at. You know, it's like it's really fucked up. (laughs) It's so
0: funny to think that like when I'm like going into incognito mode to jack off, I'm like (laughs) I'm fucking I'm I'm like I'm a, I'm a Green oh, Bar- I'm fucking undercover right now. Like I can tell cuz the little my, the little guy has a has a hat on and some Zorro um Zorro mask. They wouldn't put that on there if I wasn't fucking If they couldn't see. Yeah. And then yeah, so it's cute that they let us do that. Think that we're doing something. It's like when you like when you're like see those kids in the grocery store or whatever and they're like in the they're in the shopping cart that has the race car wheel and they're like yeah you're totally wow you're going so fast wow you're so secret you're being so undercover right now and they're just like yeah, oh, thanks
1: you gotta let the rablats think they're having a good time I know
0: well hey I am having a good time damn it I, <laughs> uh, is this, did that sound convincing um,
1: <laughs> what more future is out than this my friends <laughs> yeah
0: the, hey the future's out but as we said last time sometimes it's also wow yeah wow um shit i think uh we could probably put a bow on it here you guys wouldn't you say
1: i think so i
2: think so
0: all right well uh this was a great uh a great little discussion a great little app. um all right yeah so uh that'll be that for this time uh thanks Bay, for coming on uh it was it was a pleasure
2: thank you for having me i had a great time
0: cool
1: yeah Um, thanks for adding a level of professionalism that (laughs) is absent from our podcast
0: we're working on it folks don't you worry only getting better um and uh next time it's probably just going to be me and mac again so
1: get ready for the duo get ready for that um
0: but all right until then Bye bye
1: so long fellas
0: see ya
2: ciao